Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, and welcome once again to History Dweebs. I'm Tim. Welcome to the podcast where we take a lighthearted look at the dark side of history. Um, the topic of our podcast today is the Pied Piper of Tucson, serial killer Charles Howard Schmidt Jr., or better known as Schmitty. Uh, he killed uh, three young women back in the mid-1960s, so we're going to talk about all of his dastardly deeds. But before we do, I'd like to introduce our panel. I'm joined, as always, by the lovely and talented, the Queen of Mean, the Mistress of the Macabre, the Empress of Evil, Pill popping, peanuts loving, Brandy. How are you today, Brandy? Oh, Timmy, you know, I'm better than yesterday, so living the dream. Nice. Did we see you yesterday? Yes, briefly. Oh, yeah, you had the hippie shirt on. I had a hippie. dressed yeah. up like a flower child. I had the hippie shirt I, on. Did I, I, did I see you yesterday? I don't think you saw me. We talked. Yeah, I think so. Okay. We talked, but, you know, I had to go down to my child's school and fuck with those people and... Oh, yeah. Yesterday. Yeah, Brandy apparently is a deadbeat. Have you been banned from the school? No. Let me tell you what they did. So I get this I get this nasty voicemail. This is so-and-so from, you know, uh, my son's school, Noah's school, Meredith Your Hill, five-year-old. My five-year-old school. Yeah. Um, he's coming down and getting breakfast every morning, and he's been out of money in his account for a week. So you need to call me. Oh, my Lord. No number, no nothing. So then I'm pissed. So I'm like, motherfuckers. Because I didn't get a bill. You know, usually they'll send me so a thing. So you're living off the government tea. Well, <laughs> let me tell you. Well, and let me tell you something else. This child eats, doesn't eat the breakfast. <laughs> yeah. Keep that in mind. He doesn't eat it. He goes and gets this mm. bagged breakfast, I guess, and then drinks the juice and gives the breakfast to his teacher who puts it in a cabinet for other kids. Mm-hmm. So I'm basically paying for his kindergarten class to have yeah. breakfast. So I go down there and I go up to this lady at the counter who was very nice and I said, you know, I got this nasty message from somebody in your kitchen that says I need to come put money on my child's account. And she says, well, okay, you know, what's his name? And I told her and she says, she says, oh, yes. He's um, he's in the negative four dollars and sixty cents. Oh my! Now Lord. these motherfuckers are getting ready to break <laughs> yeah. my child's knees over four dollars and sixty cents. So I tell this woman, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna write you a check for fifty dollars. Yeah, but you only owe four dollars and sixty cents. Well, I assume he's gonna want to eat breakfast or have something <laughs> yeah. to drink here in the future. This is me being proactive. I'm paying it forward yeah. here, so I'm gonna go ahead and do that. Um, have you thought about? Uh, applying for free lunch or subsidized lunch. And I I don't qualify for that. <laughs> I'm not even close to qualifying for that. Take my 50 fucking dollars. 
So she finally mumbled and took it. And I said, kept saying, I'm like, the lady was nasty on the phone. Yeah, that's our kitchen manager. Well, then fuck that kitchen manager down here at the elementary school. Calling me at I work. I bet she wears a hairnet. I bet she does wear a hairnet. Calling me at work, pissing and moaning about $4.16. Kiss my ass. I'm sorry, Brandy. You had such a bad day. Oh, the, that was on the, top of the Those lunch other... ladies can be... Brutal. They're not. They're not no, they don't play. To be fucked with. A lot of them. Uh, Brutal. No. They don't play. And she doesn't leave me a number to call her back, so I'm just randomly supposed to call the restricted number that showed up on my fucking phone. Fucking shit. Oh, I had. I had a. Uh, you're I, not here yet. Okay. I'm, well, third asshole. But it, it, no, it's just a, a story that reminds me of school. I was. I, I dropped the boys off at school. Can I introduce you first? Okay, introduce me. All right, uh, the most dangerous man in podcasting. La da la da. da. The uh, Reverend Reverend Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawk Waters III, affectionately known as Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? I'm wonderful, Timmy. All right, tell us your boring story. So, <laughs> you're kind of dickish already. So they asked me one day. I, I dropped the boys off at elementary school and they asked me because uh, they knew I, I the kind of job I had that I had, you know, flexible hours. And they asked me could I could I do the kindergarten class for until they got a substitute there. I said, sure. So they said, it's uh, just put a video in for them. Let them do what, I, you know, just watch the videos and um, you'll be fine. So I, I get to the kids. It gets to lunchtime. And I say to the kids, what time do you go down to lunch? Because I don't know. Mm-hmm. And uh, they said quarter to 11. One kid says quarter to 11. I said, uh, and he seemed a little fishy. And so I looked at the other kids. I was like. Is he lying to me or messing with me? Quarter to 11. And they're like, no, we no, go quarter to yeah. 11. We they go eat, it like, eat lunch. They eat lunch like Timmy. So 20 to 11, I line all my kids up, walk them down the hall, get down to the lunchroom. They're not supposed to be down there till 11. Oh. All those little bastards lied to me. So I told them, turn your asses back around. And you know what you get for lying to me? You don't get to go to lunch until 11.15. You don't get to do that. Apparently, okay. they wouldn't let me do that. They they told me. I, it was like kindergarten cop. They would not let me punish the children in a suitable manner. And that's what's wrong with our society today. Okay, this podcast has gotten off to such a wonderful start, an entertaining start. Let's move on, shall we? <laughs> um, <sighs> I would like to give a shout out to those who sponsor us on Patreon. If you would like to sponsor us on Patreon, just go to patreon.com slash historydweebs, where you can give a little, you can give a lot, or... Or just a wee tiny bit, Timmy. Everything helps, and we uh, are deeply uh, appreciative of all of our Patreon supporters, who include Alicia and Chip, Jen Moyer, Jason Dykes, Phyllis Munson, Brandy McBride, TJ Young, uh, Diane Student with History Goes Bump uh, podcast, Amber Trevino, Annette Petray, Lise, Leslie Hagar, um, Dr. Jeff and his lovely wife, Don, Scott with the uh, Killers, Cults, and Nut Jobs podcast, Lydia uh, Fisher and her sister, Ruth, Amber Scoville, Jahara, Andrew Happ, Melissa Montoya, Brittany Martin, Joe Hopkins, Mandy Swanson, Jennifer Siemens, and her mother, Linda, Charlie and Allie, Cindy Lou, Heather Poole, and Rudy the Wonder Dog. Thank you all for supporting us. If you would like to support us on 
Patreon, just go to patreon.com slash history dweebs. All right. Before we start, is this going to be one of those podcasts where you're going to be tense the whole time? No. You're you're tense in the beginning already. No, I'm not tense. It's uh, happy Friday. Are you getting that vibe? Happy Friday, Colonel. Are you getting a tense vibe from Timmy? He's all right. Thank you. We'll watch him. We're excited. We made our reservations for... I did make a reservation for CrimeCon. And if you fuckers don't get your shit in gear, but, you're yeah. not staying with me. Why Why can't we stay in your room? You why are, can't you we stay with stay you? cannot stay in my room. It's not like you haven't had two, three men in a hotel room with really? you before. Ew. Yeah, that's pretty... No, I'm not Timmy. Uh, what? <laughs> I have two or three men in a hotel room with me. Are you any women? Yeah. <laughs> Tie hookers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but the the dollar's strong, and you know. Well, the dollar can be. The strong. bond goes a long way. But let me tell you what: you're still not staying with me. You all <laughs> sleeping in a cardboard box out in front of the West and begging for change. No, we're gonna we're gonna make our reservation. I make my reservations tonight, and you know Charles will be sleeping well, in his car. But Charles has to ask Renee for money. Yeah, I have to ask her for a credit card. Yeah, he's gonna ask her for the credit card. Do you know until last year, it's truth, though, this, until last year I had never booked a hotel room? I believe that. <laughs> I never booked. I totally believe that. I just didn't know how it worked because she always made any kind of travel plans. Well, you're going to need to book one, and you're going to need to do it soon. No, I'm just Or you're going to be ass out. I'm going to tell her the days, and she will find me a suitable place. So our plan is to be. <laughs> We're uh, going to be at the Westin. Okay. <laughs> our plan is to be in Indianapolis on June 9th and 10th. So yes. if you are. Uh, plan on to uh, plan on attending uh, CrimeCon. Let us know because we're going to try to do a meetup on both nights, I guess, right? Yeah, at least one of those nights. Yeah. And yeah. if you want to kill these two, they'll be staying at the Westin. I am not giving my location. You'll be at the Westin too. Don't even bullshit. I will be wherever Renee books a room for me. <laughs> tell her to book. I'll tell her to book the room at the Westin. He'll, he'll, he'll be at. Uh, I'll be at the Super Four. <laughs> they don't even they don't even yeah. have the light on for you. You be at that La Quinta. Oh, nice La Quinta. That's Spanish for the roaches. <laughs> yeah, it is. All right, the Pied Piper of Tucson, serial killer Charles Howard Schmidt Jr. Charles Howard Schmidt Jr., also known as Smitty, was a serial killer from Tucson, Arizona. He was quite popular with other teenagers and became the self-proclaimed Pied Piper of Tucson. He's kind of pretty. He gave himself his own nickname. Yeah, people who do that are fucking what weird. What kind of douchebag does something uh, like that? No. I don't know. Same person who probably gives himself military rank and <laughs> promotions. And religious rank. Yeah. All right. Uh, he was a bizarre individual, which is, of course, why we were doing a podcast on him. He became a cult hero to the disaffected youths. Utes of Tucson, Arizona. In the mid-1960s, uh, Smitty would kill at least three young women and dispose of their bodies in the desert outside of Tucson. So let me tell you a little bit about Schmitty. Charles Howard Schmidt Jr., or Schmitty, was born to an unwed mother on July 8th, 1942, which uh, is cool. The baby boy, to be known as Charles Jr., was adopted uh, to, by Charles and Katherine Schmidt. They owned a nursing home in Arizona, Tucson. So they adopted young uh, uh, Schmidt when his mom put him up for adoption. He spent his childhood around the nursing home and developed a reputation of being quite the trickster, Brandy. Well, 
means he was a dick is what it was. He was a yeah, If you had he, tricks at an old folks oh, yeah, home, yeah, yeah, you're yeah. just a dick. Yeah. yeah. Waxing the floors. And <laughs> Jumping out and saying yeah. boo to somebody that's 92 years old with a yeah. heart condition. Charles spent, uh, all right, so I already said that. He was curious, bright, imaginative, courteous, and indifferent to others' expectations of him. Hmm. Kind of hmm. like the Charles there. He's kind of indifferent to our expectations of him. <laughs> He took a lots of no, chances. He's not indifference. He is actively like uh, ignores it. Yeah, he's actively going the other direction. He took a um, he took a lot of chances and lived dangerously, Arlor Schmidt, uh, without much interference from his parents. I get the feeling his parents were doting on him. Um, just let him run wild. Yeah, because he was adopted. Charles soon grew to hate his foster father, and they got into frequent arguments. At school, he raced through assignments so he could be the first one done. He had little regard to whether it was Winner. correct or not. <laughs> Winner. <laughs> I win. So I got through law school, actually. <laughs> well, it's easy to get through law school when you know you're not taking a bar. Well, I mean, you know. It's <laughs> he really, just failed it's the bar. A, it's a, bunch a, of shit. You know, yeah. we'd have these exams, dude. Now, the, the exams would be like four hours, and you're just mm. writing the whole time. And, you know, you never want to be the first one done because then you think you fucked up, right? Mm. So you're, like, looking around waiting for people to finish. Anyway, back to uh, young Charles. Uh, his one fear in life, Schmitty's one fear in life, was to be left alone. So he did things to make people notice him. In high school, he excelled at gymnastics, uh, but most of his grades were just above failing. He seemed unable to focus his intelligence to achieve uh, any um, success, educational success. In 1960, he led the school to the state gymnastics championships, Colonel. Well, that's pretty damn impressive. Yeah, but he gave it up his senior year. He claimed to have had hallucinogenic or psychic powers, seeing things in his mind before they occurred. I have had that happen before. Yeah, well, he was claimed to be a psychic. So he was just like uh, Miss Leo or whatever, Cleo, whatever it is. Cleo. Yeah. Anyway, uh, for example, he could see himself winning, and that helped him achieve things in a shorter amount of time than his peers. He would say, I'd shut my eyes and everything would seem logical, so I'd just do it. He was a pathological braggart and liar, Brandy. Well, <laughs> who does that sound like? Third asshole guy. <laughs> He wore cowboy boots, but he stuffed them with paper and crushed beer cans to increase his small stature, uh, explaining that his limp that resulted from having beer cans in his shoe was an injury he sustained while fighting members of the mafia. Sure. Yeah, cause Clearly. Know, it seems I recalled it. We didn't do this one before. <laughs> <laughs> no, we did some other asshole. Did stuff cans in issues? No, I, I. Well, that's pretty. Th it's like stuff in tissues in your bra. Every, you know. Yeah. It's or, not that uncommon. Just before graduating, Schmidt stole some stools from the machine shop. And he, he stole was, a stool. He stole. He did stole some stool. Wow. He stole tools from the machine shop, and he was suspended. He never returned to school. This is like a month before he was supposed to graduate. Of course. Well. He never returned to school. He began to living in his own quarters on his parents' property. So they had a compound. Oh, yeah, they right? did. And his parents uh, gave him an allowance of $300 a month. That's a pretty good deal. $300 a month, your own pad at 18. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good deal. 
My parents didn't give me nothing. His parents let him uh, run on his own, and they bought him a new car and a motorcycle. Well, clearly, so, so that's what you do. He, they're doting. I'm telling you, his parents are fucking doting. He uh, spent much of his time at the local Speedway, not the convenience store, but the actual race oh, car. Oh, okay. Just clarifying that for you. <laughs> well, because the, the convenience store would have been my first guess, actually. Yeah. Uh, at the Speedway, he would pick up girls, drink with friends, uh, yeah, although he tended mostly to be a loner. His best friend was a guy named Paul Graff, who lived with him, who moved in with him. And he had two other friends, John Saunders and Richie Burns. Upon graduating, Schmidt dyed his hair jet black, applied layers of cosmetics, and designed a phony mole on his face to make him look meaner. Yes! I didn't know moles did that. I don't know. Well, I'm going to draw one on my face right now. He was doing the, uh, what was, who, who did, who has the mole? Cindy. Cindy uh, Crawford? Yeah. Marilyn Monroe? Yeah. He also, Brandy. Marsha Clark. I think, what? I think the colonel should try this. He stretched his lower lip with a clothespin to make it look more like Elvis Presley's. Oh, can you do that? We give you a clothespin? To give you pouty, pouty lips. No. No, not singing. No singing. No singing. No singing. Jeez. Tyrant. In spite of his bizarre appearance, he became a, a hero to the local disaffected youth. With various teenage girls competing, Brandy, for his affection. Well, you know, because he's got $300 in disposable income every month. Yeah. I'm and the yeah, saggy I, lip. And a car. And a car. That'll make teenage girls and his own place. compete for your affection. It will, but I don't understand why disaffected youth would be all all into him. They usually follow the guys that live in the box under the bridge. Yeah, yeah. he, did, he wasn't really the bad boy. Because they're society. Yeah. yeah, he insisted his friends call him Pie Piper. Well, <laughs> because he, he was charismatic and had many friends in the teenage community in Tucson. Could so, he play? So a, that's a could thing. he play a pipe? I don't know. Could he pipe a pipe? And. I, did he have pie? And he was 18? Yeah. I know when he was 21, he found out that he had been adopted. So ah. he him and his mother, uh, his mother, his foster mother gave him the name of his real mother, and he looked her up. He located her, according to him. Uh, this guy, as you will find out, is not the most honest person in the world, so hmm. you know, take this for what it's worth. He said he went there, and uh, he... Knocked on the door. She turned him away and told him to get out. She slammed the door. In his face. <laughs> There's a reason she gave him up. Yeah, yeah uh, she slammed the door in his face. She, she didn't give him up for him to come back. <laughs> now he claims, twenty years later, <laughs> he claims that's that like this gum effect, stuck to your shoe. Right. <laughs> this is where he claims he went south because oh, because his mother rejected yeah, him. It's his it's his story. That's the Pie Piper story. Well. Women, or young girls, liked him, and he frequently met them at the Speedway area of Tucson. For a time, members of the, his teenage friends would keep secrets of his murder, so they found out about it, and they kind of kept it on the down low, Brandy. Well, sure. He often had more than one girlfriend at a time. Why? <laughs> He's the Pie Piper. <laughs> pie Piper is a fucking baller. I guess. What kind of pie did he have? Pied. Yeah. Pied Piper. I mean, if you're pied, I mean, somebody hit him when he was covered with coconut, coconut cream. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, I don't get that. Pied. I mean, pied. He often had more than one you're girlfriend right. at a time. 
and even proposed marriage to several of them simultaneously. Yes. I, I kind of relate to that. Sounds like Timmy over there. <laughs> yes. I'm going to marry this one and this one and He's this one. He's got a ring for Chrissy already. And no. I have been talking to her anymore. Chrissy has got her history. He got her a gift card to the local tattoo Chrissy parlor. Chrissy is history. Yeah. Christy gone? Christy is well, gone. Well, who's, who's replaced Chrissy? Nobody. Because you only Misty. go a day or two. No, yeah. Misty. No, no. Misty anyway. Please, let me continue with the story of the Pied Piper of Tucson. Pied, not pie. It's not the Pied Piper. <laughs> so, oh, that's where I was confused. <laughs> you motherfuckers, you can do the goddamn stories in the future. Okay? You know, but I'm not, talking, I'm not even talking about your writing. <laughs> I mean, that we can, but I'm not even, we're not even talking about that. Please, let me get back to the story. This is an interesting story. About the Pied Piper. <laughs> the Pied Piper of Tucson. Tucson. Yes. Okay, Not to so, be confused. Uh, <laughs> he, took money, he took money from his girlfriends in return for the promise Different. that he would marry and take care of them. <laughs> <laughs> He's good for his word. Yeah. He managed to get them in bed by telling them fantastic stories about how deprived he was or that he had some form of cancer and he had not long to live. So he's going for the sympathy lay. Yeah. Well, I, you know, Which whatever. We're not above. <laughs> I, well, clearly. Yeah, can't, can't, can't blame the man for that. No, I've told women that I had my, the next week I was having my eyeballs removed. I just have this whole guy. What's the guy? What's I'm the, never going to see pussy again. <laughs> yeah, I'm what's never going to see it. And I'm drawing a blank. I know this. But what's the lead singer of The Cure? What's his name? Oh, God. Now, see. You're okay, well, you guys discussed um, Hold on. But Smith. Uh, yeah, like Robert or. Yeah. Okay, because that's who I'm. I'm picturing a poor man's Robert yeah. Smith, like <laughs> yeah. hair all half-assed done <laughs> yeah. up, makeup all janked up. Well, he basically, he's doing everything he can to get laid. So, Well, who, does, who, who doesn't? Yeah, really? Who's not? Really? Often, uh, all he had to do was tell jokes to make him laugh and uh, throw in some a few compliments, and they were putty in his hand. Well, there you go, Timmy. Mm-hmm. Hey, That's Timmy's secret. Take it's yourself a fucking baller. It's, uh, it's Timmy's secret. Schmitty's a baller. Girls were his playthings, Brandy. Well, and they f- they fell for every line. It was no wonder that he showed them no respect. Well, no respect. I'm telling you, no respect. No, 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 no. You do you just missed him doing Rodney Dangerfield because you were busy <laughs> flapping your fucking dick sucker, and it was amazing. Thank you, Brandon. Do it again, Tim. No. Do it again. Come no. on. He once told a girl that he murdered a young man. <laughs> just to watch him die. Just to watch him die. <laughs> who had Emerino? killed his girlfriend in a car accident, cut off his hands, and buried him in the desert. Well. That was why, his form of bragging. Why did he cut off his hands? I don't know. Huh. So he could never do, so he could never drive again. Well, he was dead, so. Well. Yeah. Maybe cut off his hands when he was alive. I don't know. He just, I think he was just trying to impress this young lady with his. That's impressive. Yeah. That's a panty dropper right there. <laughs> yeah. Well, it would be a panty. You know what would be even a bigger panty dropper is if he pulled out one of the hands. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, what seemed to intrigue most people about Schmitty, girls and boys alike, Brandy, uh, was his freedom. He did whatever he wanted, and his daredevil ways made him seem larger than life. This is fucking Fonzie we're talking about here. Well, it's Fonzie who is subsidized by his mom and dad. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, Fonzie, you know, he wasn't really a baller. But he, li- he, li- he was a mechanic living above the Cunningham. Right, so, I but, mean, you know. Motherfucker wasn't, you know. He was a but baller, But Mr. Though. and Mrs. Fonzarelli were supporting <laughs> yeah. him. That's yeah. how that happens. Oh, and he was packing Pinky Tuscadero. 
Oh, leather tuxedo. And leather. Yeah, I wanted leather. He was having a threesome Susie, with Pinky Susie and leather. Quattro. I had. I bought her. Yes, I, I know. I bought her heat track tape back in the seventies. <laughs> Makes me sad. All right. <laughs> do you remember eight track tapes, Devil? Oh yeah. Oh, you do. Okay. Oh yeah. I had this uh, eight track tape player. It was like really bright green. And I, <laughs> do you carry? Of course, you did. You carried this on your bitch? shoulder. Tell me, you had it on your shoulder. No, no, it wasn't a boombox. It was just this little square thing. Uh, and, oh, <laughs> and you carried it around. That seems worse somehow. Yeah, <laughs> no. you carried it around. He didn't even well, have the shoot, juice. You know, you shoot hoops or whatever. You put in. You put no, in. Well, no, we did do that. You put in uh, uh, the Eagles or whatever, and you shot hoops <laughs> to the Eagles. Not even oh, Billy Ocean. You shot <laughs> hoops to the Eagles. I think this is before. It is probably yeah. Before yeah it was that out? It was that album? It was before Hotel California. Wait a minute. So this was an eight-track player, yeah, eight-track portable. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. you were baller. <laughs> did you have headphones? I was baller, man. Did you have headphones with it? No, but I had these uh, gym trunks and uh, <laughs> but oh, tube you know what? socks. You had the tube socks with the two red stripes <laughs> yeah, at the and, top. Uh, well, every, didn't everyone? But yeah. here's the and thing. And a headband. First yeah. of all, that's awesome. Second of all, can you see... How do you carry, where did you carry your extra eight tracks? Because yeah. you can't just listen to that one. Yeah. And mean, it was a bitch to find a song on an eight oh, track. And, and, oh, you, you know, one, two, and three, when your tape would tear up, and yeah. you, like, you, you <laughs> get too tight. That you have to threat, yeah, and tape mm, it. Yeah. Yes, I remember all of that. All right. Really? Timmy was the pie pipe, the pie piper of Portsmouth. <laughs> Uh, you know, I didn't get laid a lot. <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs> no. That's surprising. No, I know. <laughs> so anyway, so uh, girls what? are throwing their panties <laughs> on the basketball court, listening it, to Tequila Sunrise. It is green. With his Desperado. <laughs> yes, right. Throwing their panties. Was a, uh, yeah. No bras because they didn't wear bras back then. That's true. What seemed to intrigue people most about Schmitty, boys and girls like, was his freedom. I said that right. Uh, in his dare, uh, daredevil ways. At least he thought so. Most of uh, what he did, uh, he had exhibitionist qualities designed to make people notice him and possibly even to try to stop him from putting himself in danger. But the activities that most appealed to him, such as motorcycle racing and skydiving, were the worst, uh, was those that pushed him right into face, death's face, Brandy. The face of death. Yeah, that's a movie. Uh, so he was kind of a daredevil. While boozing it up with his friends, Mary French and John Saunders, on the afternoon of May 31st, 1964, Schmidt suddenly announced, I want to kill a girl tonight. I think I can get away with it. That girl would end up being 15-year-old Aileen Rowe, who was only a sophomore. You mean at Eileen? No, A-I-I. L E E N. Is that Aline? Aline? Aline. 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 Come on. Uh, she was. Um, yeah, it's different. She had befriended the frumpy 19 year old Mary French and was a friend of one of the love, who was a friend and a lover of Charles Schmidt. So La. Charles Schmidt is banging the ugly, frumpy girl. Ugly, frumpy girl is jealous of Eileen Rowe. So. Uh, he says he wants to kill a girl, so Mary. So she offers it. Yeah. She offers up Eileen. Yeah. yeah, I got someone for you. Well, then she a giver. But Eileen's mother was freshly divorced, uh, Brandy. So she was out. Yeah, she was looking for. Ta- I mean, she was you know looking for dick. Yeah, she was out. 
She just moved her children to Tucson the year before. One of Aileen's favorite things to do was walk in the desert and uh, gather unusual stones. She liked the hot sun because it made her feel alive. She had hopes to become an oceanographer and had above average grades. This is the young Aileen. Aileen. Uh, one afternoon, he told Mary French, uh, he being Schmitty, told Mary French to persuade Eileen to go out with his friend John Saunders. Eileen turned down the invitation, you know, thanks but no thanks, but Schmidt would not, Schmitty would not be refused. He would not be denied to he me. He called Mary, uh, uh, Mary half a dozen times that day to get her to talk to Eileen to set up the date. Each time, Eileen said that she could not go, that she had an exam the next day. She had to study at school. Oh, that goody two-shoes. Schmidt arrived that evening at Mary's house with Saunders by his side. So they just show up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they showed up at Mary's house. So (laughs) since early that morning, Schmidt had been talking about, as I said, wanting to kill someone. Specifically, he wanted to kill a girl. He just wanted to find out uh, what it would be like to snuff out a life and to see if he could get away with it. Uh, he made up a list of potential candidates, and Eileen Rowe was on one of them. And like I said, Mary had this some, is well thought out. Yeah, Mary was kind of jealous of her. So, so the plan was to lure her to a desolate place, hit her in the head with a rock, and bury her in the desert. God, what are they, the Flintstones? I don't know. Rather than uh, try to dissuade him, Mary simply complained that she <clears> tried <throat> and failed to get Eileen to come. So, I mean, you know, I did my best. No. Oh, bummer. Wait, what's your what's your plans? Your plans are cool, but you know, yeah. bummer. She's Trying not in. She's not really into that. Yeah. Schmitty instructed her to then find someone else. He was restless. He wanted to kill somebody that very night. He was a bit, bit of a dick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our friend Schmitty. Well, an impatient. I mean, most of the serial yeah. killers, they they at least stalk some time. people yeah. for a little bit. So anyway, Mary tried to find some other people she couldn't, so she went where Aileen was visiting a friend and talked to her again. Finally, Aileen relented, but said she would have to wait until her mother went to bed that night. So when Mary reported her success, John and Schmitty got a shovel and put it in the trunk of the car. What the fuck? <laughs> well, what goes with that fucking thinking? I'm just going to kill somebody tonight. doesn't matter who, but get me someone. Yeah. They drove around until uh, Eileen's mother had gone, and Mary went over and tapped on the bedroom window. Eileen came out barefoot with curlers in her hair, wearing a bathing suit and a yellow checkered shift, and carrying her shoes. So Brandy's going to tell us what happens next. She's, so she comes out in a bathing suit? Yeah, they had like a little area where they would skinny dip or whatever. A swimming hole. A swimming hole. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Mary sat with Smitty in front while Aline... What do you call a prostitute who swims in the Olympics? <laughs> I do not know, Timmy. What... Swimming hoe. hey Hey-o! hey Wow. Hey-o! <laughs> Continue. Are we good? Yeah. Okay, so Mary sat... There really was too much time for that, <laughs> for that joke. Mary sat with Smitty in the front seat while Aline climbed in... Uh, in the back next to John. You know this. what this reminds me of is that no. the case in uh, Indiana where the girls uh, killed, uh, the, the two girls killed the other girl. Oh, yeah, that yeah. was awful. Yeah. Uh, they drove out to the desert by Golf Links Road. You know where Golf Links Road oh, yeah. is, don't you, yeah. Chuck? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I thought, figured you did. You'd been there and it's got right laid there. Right outside Tucson. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. 
Well, you got laid look there, up, been there. I look it up on Google Maps. Uh, where Smitty, well, and evidently Smitty liked to drink and make out out on Golf Links Road. I bet he used tongue. I bet he used too much. They walked for a while you into the desert. You ever used tongue, Colonel? Colonel, with your wife? Um, you still, you still a French kiss? I'm so one? grossed out by that. Well, don't you? Don't Dave come home? And First of all, I'm grossed out by the thought of you doing that. So let's just no. I'm keep just it curious. Going. I mean, you, you, you yes, gotta keep I kiss the my husband. I well, but I mean, do you? You know. Wait, yeah, wait, with tongue. Know. I kiss my husband. Oh, See, there you go. That's gross. I, I'm telling you. Old people shouldn't do that. <laughs> I, well. Old people, you're right. Dave should not, but I am not old because I'm okay, so much younger you, than so, you. So you French kiss, then what happens next? Okay. <laughs> so for Mary and Smitty and Aline and John. No, I meant with you and Dave. <laughs> yeah. You're good. Usually somebody, Is you the know, money exchanged? <laughs> No. Usually then we go in and go to sleep. Oh, do, you, okay. do you make sure that, you know, he's done all his errands and all that? Are you him? a general considerate lover, devil? Jesus Christ. <laughs> what, what is it that puts you in the mood, Brandy? Besides I mean, money. Yeah. yeah. And grades. Yeah. <laughs> Good grades. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let, let's say you, you have an evening long with the day. You have cracked yourself did you up. Feel, did you feel cheap when you was on the honor roll that quarter? She only got a C plus. She went on her dean's list. All right, let's say on a regular, she stayed off probation. That was her. Let's say academic probation. Let's say Brandy that you're home with uh, young Dave, and you guys have an evening together for whatever. In you know a romantical evening. Yeah, together. kids are the grandparents, <clears throat> whatever. You're home alone. With Rose young petals Dave. spread about yeah, the floor. Uh, no. What what that kind shit of get, needs swept up? What gets what gets you there? What what my what, housework being done? So, no, come on, seriously. What, seriously, what what is it that what am I? Dave does <laughs> that you know gets you in the mood? He sweeps the floor. <laughs> no, he means like chewing on your ear. No. Or, yeah. Sweeps the floor. You know, massaging the back of your neck. Okay. Whatever. I mean, just give just, us a glimpse into the I personal life so. of the devil. You're not, I think people first want to of all, know. Neither, don't you think people want people to know? People want to know. No, none of you are old enough to know. <laughs> they want to know, kind of, they want a glimpse inside the Herman household. I don't think mm -hmm. they do. I don't think so. All right, so they go into the desert. They find a clearing. They can sit and talk. You know, this show, whole show is about honesty. So mm -hmm. I really think that you should share more, don't you? Well, you know, the Colonel talks about his whole sad fucking life. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone he knows is dead. I know. How many tattoos, <laughs> honor tattoos he has, and, you know, all his sad, pathetic little life. Yeah, you're, have, you're out there living the I, dream. Tell us about it. Yeah. I talk, openly about, I talk openly about my mental health issues. Yeah, and about, his whores. And my whores. <laughs> and yet... You're, but you don't give. You're not a giver. Yeah. You know what? First of all, it's good to have mystery. No, I'm an enigma. No, no we want to know. Kind the of listeners demand it. Yeah. They do not. Mm -hmm. They do not demand it. Oh, we'll take a poll. <laughs> we you will take, take a, poll a poll and shove it straight up your ass for all I care. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So they find this place to sit and talk. And at some point, Smitty asked Mary to go back to the car and get a radio. Uh, he went out with her. He went transistor radios. I do. Yeah. He went cool. with her, and soon they heard Aline scream. Smitty told Mary, now, I don't understand. All right, but whatever. He okay. got rid of her. He, he didn't want her to see it, so he sent her to go. No, I understand, okay. but he, Smitty went with her. Yeah, okay, go ahead. 
So then Aline screams, which means that John has started fucking with her. Yeah, John was, they, they both were going to rape her. Okay, well, as long as there was a good plan. It wasn't a good plan, as you'll see. Uh, Smitty told Mary to get in the car while he uh, ran back to the walk. Back to the wash. It was a, a place called, that's where the um, uh, little pond was. Okay. The wash. John was struggling there with Aline, and Smitty told him to put his hands over her mouth. Smitty bound her arms behind her back with guitar cord while oh, Aline that hurts. begged to be told why they were doing this to her. And, there, and here goes Mary under the bus. Mary wants us to do it. Smitty told her she hates you. Fucking eh. Mary. Fucking Mary. <laughs> Aline it's always the, she was a frumpy girl. Frumpy, frumpy, frumpy Mary. Yeah. Aline continued to resist, uh, so Smitty you let know, her teenagers, further. I mean, really, teenagers can be mean. Oh, they're fucking heartless. So Smitty led her further into the clearing. He instructed John to take her bathing suit off, but John had trouble getting it over her arms since they were tied. Jesus Christ, these two are idiots. They need serial killers. They need to read serial killers for dummies. Smitty untied her. <laughs> <clears throat> put her shift on the ground and told her to lie on it. She obeyed, and Smitty then told John to go ahead, but she was crying so much he couldn't kiss her. What? Smitty oh. told John to take a walk. Then Smitty called for him, and he returned to find Aline putting her bathing suit back on. She walked away further into the clearing, and the two young men followed her. Yeah, he had raped her. Smitty picked up a rock with a pointed edge and handed it to John. He gave it back, unable to go through with the plan. Smitty insisted that he return to the car and get Mary. Mary refused to go anywhere, so John went back to find Smitty. These motherfuckers can't get their shit together. Yeah. Uh, there he saw Aline lying on her back on the ground. Her face and head were covered with blood. Smitty's hands were bloody as well, and blood covered the front of his shirt. He wanted to know where Mary was, and when John told him, he went to the car and told her, we killed her. He also added, I love you very much. Yeah. Uh, Mary recalled Psycho. later that he seemed very excited. Whatever. What a dick. I killed her. I love you. Yeah. Love you. It was, yeah, it was like it was to impress her or something. The frumpy um, one. The frumpy one. Why yeah. would you impress the frumpy one? I don't know. Then he got the shovel. Especially if you're the Pied Piper. <laughs> Yeah, you got pie. Yeah, well, you got pussy. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, then he got he got the shovel, told Mary that John was the one who had struck Aline with a rock and got her to accompany him Motherfucker's back a liar to the on top of everything else. He's a killer, liar, and rapist. Well, he can't even keep his shit together. We killed her. I love you very much. Well, it wasn't me exactly. It yeah. was more John. Mm-hmm. It was more it that was guy. an alternate fact. Yeah. She saw Aline and could not uh, detect any signs that the girl was still alive. Smitty gave John the shovel and used his hands to start digging a grave. Mary joined in. Smitty then took Aline's hands and instructed Mary to lift her by her feet while they lowered her into the shallow pit they'd opened. They dumped her dress into the grave, covered the body with sand, and tossed sand over the hair curlers. So she's got hair curlers in. Smitty then took off his shirt and buried it in the sand along with the shovel. After they felt they'd secured the scene, because they're clearly Mensa candidates, mm-hmm. and covered all the evidence, they went back to the car to wipe it clean of prints. Prints. Not prints. Prints. Fingerprints. Yes. Yes. They invented a story that Aline had agreed to go out with John that evening, but when they drove by to pick her up, she wasn't at home. 
They dropped Mary off and they went on their way. The next day, Norma Rowe, Aline's mother, made every effort to locate her and finally contacted the police. She worked as a night nurse, she said, and when she left, Aline had been in her bed. The next morning, she was gone, without taking her purse or any clothing except the bathing suit she'd been wearing in a yellow shift. Norma told them about a sex club at the high school that her daughter had described to her in which young people were involved with drugs, perversions, and organized prostitution. Ah, sounds like my weekend. <laughs> I was going to say, you've been there, Timmy. Uh, let's see. The officer in charge said that this was one of the most far-fetched tales he'd ever heard and didn't take it seriously. An investigation failed to disclose any signs of such activities. Mary French was questioned along with Smitty and John. Smitty took the other two out and made them repeat the story they had concocted to make sure that no one gave them gave them away by some kind of slip up. A week later, Aline's father called Norma to tell her that he'd dreamed that their daughter had been murdered and left in the desert. Norma felt there was truth in the dream and she dogged the police who insisted on better evidence before they went looking in such a vast area. By March, when nothing had turned up, Norma Rowe went to Arizona's Attorney General and the FBI. She also called in reporters and would not give up despite official sentiment that Aline had just, was just another teenage runaway. She even consulted a psychic, but nothing came of it, and the case of Aline Rowe was soon buried by the police under more pressing concerns. Which, you know, that that's bullshit. You know, I, she left her purse. She left everything. Yeah. I mean, right. you know, it wasn't like she, it was, right. you know, she, obviously she didn't plan on leaving. In July of 1964, Smitty noticed a 16-year-old girl at a swimming pool near Speedway. She was blonde and thin, the way he liked, and her name was Gretchen Fritz. Other boys told Smitty she was trouble for anyone who got involved with her, but that only interested him more. Oh, he liked the bad girls. Mm-hmm. Over the next year, uh, Schmidt, Schmitty became romantically involved with Gretchen, a possessive 17-year-old whose clinging ways eventually grated on Schmidt's nerves. <laughs> well... <laughs> Yeah. He's a player. He, he can't be. Can't be. You can't tie him down. No. Yeah. They warned him. You know, he's, plus he's got all that dye in his hair. He's got the mole. He's got the, the beer can in his boot. I mean, he, he got pie. He's high. Motherfuckers <laughs> getting laid. Yeah. You know, he's getting laid all you know every day. He doesn't need. I guarantee you, I go home with pie tonight. I'm getting laid. Her, the next day he saw her and followed her home and saw that she lived in an upper-class neighborhood in what seemed to him to be a mansion. Her father was a physician, a heart and chest specialist, and the board member of the Union Bank. Gretchen was the misfit in this family with odd ideas. She scorned boys, she told a friend, and admired prostitutes for their ability to charge for boys, to charge for what boys expected for free. One well, teacher, you got to admire that. Well, you do. One teacher called her a psychopathic liar. The headmaster at her private school recommended psychiatric treatment before suspending her, and a friend noted that she seemed psychotically jealous. All right, so he's got a, someone's batshit crazy now. <laughs> yeah, he's got, yeah, every, every man's run into one of those. Hey, and yeah. you know what the shame of it is? Some of us repeatedly. They're always very hot. Uh, and the sex is great, man. <laughs> I always the fucking sex is great. Yeah, terrific. you can't. You you just and you know what you're getting into, and you oh, know yeah, yeah, she's what's coming. Yeah, yeah. she's gonna flush. The sex her is cat. great till she punches you in the face and you get a bloody nose. It's still she flushes great her thing. cat down the toilet. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's still great. To, you don't care. You don't care that she caught you. You know that you didn't return the text in you know 30 seconds and she caught your car on fire because the sex is that good. 
Huh. I'm, uh, yeah, I found well, one. And, and you, you know what I did? I married her. <laughs> you don't know. care for a while. Yeah, that's true. But after three kids. <laughs> and 11 cats. Yeah. <laughs> you go through cats like toilet paper, don't yeah. you? Poor cats. Did you boil the cat again? <laughs> Damn it. Uh, let's see. Uh, so she cut. She often cut classes to cruise Speedway and was suspected in some other minor crimes. Smitty met her by going up to her house with a load of pots and pans as if he were a traveling salesman. Oh, man, I have to try that. Uh, so smooth operator. After playing out his act, smooth. <laughs> yeah. after playing out his act, he confessed that it was all a lie that he had concocted in order to meet her. She laughed, then cried, then offered him a cocktail. What the <laughs> fuck? We laughed, we cried, we drank. Yeah. He was thoroughly confused, but also aroused. <laughs> Did she buy him? You know, and, and see, men can be in that state, thoroughly confused, but aroused, because we're thoroughly confused most of the time, and we're aroused most of the time. Yeah. So women, yeah. that's yeah, the disconnect between men and women. Yeah. See, that's the problem is that you we need sex more than you guys. Don't you think so, Colonel? Oh, absolutely. And you it's guys a, deprive us of that our needs. It's a it's physically uh it's like it's a human oxygen. Condition. Yeah, it's like oxygen. We need it. Yeah. Otherwise things swell up and they're liable yeah. to burst. No. Uh, yeah, cuz it will even burst uh the blood vessels in our eyes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've seen it. <laughs> I had a cousin. That had of a course, friend. you did. Yeah, <laughs> you went this, blind. Yeah, <laughs> they call it blue blind. Yeah, <laughs> crazy hair on his palms and everything yeah. is really gross. So um, this was the start of a fatal attraction. As they got to know each other, Gretchen told Smitty that she was pregnant. Her family <laughs> didn't love her, and her brother-in-law was involved in the mafia. Which After turns they, out to be true, by the way. Usually when people say that, it's, you know, like if Chuck would say that, it's, you know he's just lying. lying. Yeah. But in this case. After they had sex, Gretchen assumed Smitty would leave her, but he told her he loved her. <laughs> <laughs> she just figured he was going about his business. They started, they started hanging out as a couple, although Smitty had also given Mary French and another girl, Darlene Kirk, cheap engagement rings. He'd made well, I mean, each. if you're going to be engaged to multiple women, <laughs> so you can't, you, well, you can't spend all kinds of money. You can't be spending 15, yeah. 16 well, grand. Well, it's $300 a month. <laughs> all right, um, so, so let's, how much, I mean, how much are uh, engagement rings going for now? I, I mean, it's sort of things like they're going for like 100 grand or something. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're across the board. Uh, I'm never getting married again if I pay 100 grand for an okay. engagement ring. Well, he, you know, he'd promised these girls that he'd marry them. Although he really just wanted them to work and put their money into a bank account for him to use. Well, who doesn't? Darlene eventually gave the ring back. Gretchen and Smitty often argued about the other girls he was seeing. So after some some time, he decided to break it off with her. He oh, tried, he that's tried not several go well. times. Yeah. That's not he tried go well. several times, but he failed. Psycho bitch is not going to go for that. Well, around this time, Gretchen stole Smitty's diary, which contained a description of killing a 16-year-old boy and burying him in the desert. See, here's the thing: if you're going to be, if you're going to kill people, you don't date a psycho and let her have access to your. Uh, well, first of all, you don't put it in. Don't a diary. write it down. Right. Yeah. But if you do put it in a diary, don't let your psycho girlfriend have no access. No pictures. To no videos. Yes. No. No. Don't write it down. Don't. Yeah. Yes. 
Good we, advice, you man. know, I, I still have a psycho girlfriend from high school that I, I haven't broke up with. <laughs> she's like, she still like she's still get married. Think, yeah, I just send. I've, I, I I call her once a week or so and tell her, you know, I've been working. Miss you, busy. honey. Yeah, yeah. I miss you. Nice. I wish you. Were, oh, you know what you want? I'll call her up and say you want to go to movies Friday and. Then the next day, call her up and say, "Damn it, they scheduled me to work again. I got to work a double." She but thinks, "Honey, we haven't seen each other since 1982." <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but I'm afraid to break up with her. You'd think she'd get it. <laughs> yeah. So she starts. She starts basically. She's holding. She's holding this. You know, this diary entry over his head. It was kind of beginning to piss him off. So he wondered out loud ways of hurting her. One of which was to get his best friend Richie to throw acid in her face. <laughs> One way. Well, he he should, he couldn't just hit her with a rock. He already learned that one. He reneged on that plan when he surmised that he might not be attracted to her any longer. Well, right <laughs> after you after you throw acid in her face, she, she probably lost loses some appeal. I would right. imagine he'd go back to frumpy uh, Mary. Uh, let's see. There were also rumors that Gretchen knew of an earlier unsubstantiated murder that Schmidt had supposedly committed. Yeah. When Schmitty f- decided to finally end it with Gretchen, she threatened to go to the police and tell them that Schmitty had murdered Aline Rowe. So Schmitty continued. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. lead Gretchen on promising to marry her. Soon, Gretchen heard about one of Smitty's arrangements, which made her furious, and he knew he had to do something about it. When Gretchen went on vacation with her parents, the heat was off, and Smitty threw a series of wild parties. But, as psycho girls do, Gretchen showed up, yelling at him. Uh, And Mary French came over and demanded he marry her and be a proper father to the baby she was about to have. Oh, Mary's got one in the oven now. He banging the frumpy one? He apparently already did. When Damn. Gretchen too claimed to be pregnant, then Gretchen too claimed to be pregnant and wanted to know what Smitty's plans, what he planned to do about it. All right. This sounds like a killer party, by the way. Yeah. By the way, okay, so it was yeah. a killer party. I mean, now, Colonel, put your put your plate, put yourself in Smitty's place. You've got two women, uh, one psycho, one's frumpy. Both are pregnant and both know that you've killed somebody and you're engaged to both of them. What do you do? 
I lock them in a room together because you know how pregnant women are, Timmy. Well, I don't you think haven't he lived does. with a pregnant no, woman. I've, I've, a pregnant I've, I've woman will kill another person and for really no particular reason. So if you lock them in a room together for just, say, two, three days, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and really all you have to do is, like, is like act like you're whispering or talking to one of them and then kind of giggle and walk away and leave the room. Mm-hmm. And then the other one's going to say, what were you saying about me? And then they're going to go, it's going to be a death match. And then that way, you know, you got to, you only got to kill one. I see. He's a wise man. He's an idiot. Oh, <laughs> all right. I think so, you're wise, Colonel. Mm, thank you. So they argued um, and later she insisted they run away together and elope. Yeah, Smitty didn't really want to do that, so Gretchen left, yelling back, Smitty, you rat. Oh, that's, oh, that's it, below the bat. That's as low, low as you can it. go. Yeah. yeah. Next uh, thing you know, she's going to make fun of his mole. <coughs> you can't make fun of the mole. Um, on the evening, August 16, 1965, Gretchen left the house at 7.30 with her 13-year-old sister, Wendy, to go see Elvis Presley and Tickle Me. Elvis Presley, Colonel. They didn't come. Wise no. Men. Why? I just had to. I'm sorry. That we have a, a small percentage of our listeners, well, actually one listener, that Why likes his singing. Who, like, who likes your singing? This is for you, Cindy Lou. Oh, Cindy Lou. Yeah. Falling in love. Look, I'm wiggling my hips and stuff. You. I know because you've got I'm, you've got the uh, clothespin on his lip. <laughs> yeah, stuff coming up the back of my throat. <laughs> mm. uh, they didn't come when they didn't come home. Doctor Fritz, what? Okay, so they don't come home, and mm-hmm. the and instead of this guy calling the cops, mm-hmm. he hires a private detective. Well, he's got money. William Hellig, who turned up Gretchen's red and white Pontiac Le Mans, hot. Oh, that's a nice ride. Uh, parked behind the Flamingo Hotel near Speedway. There were traces of gravel and mud on the floor of the back and front seats, and 60 extra miles showed on the speedometer, although it had been disconnected. Gretchen's purse was in it with $20, ticket stubs from the movies, her keys, and Smitty's business card from a failed... (laughs) Pots and pans? (laughs) From a failed upholstery cleaning... A failed upholstery business he'd started. Uh... However, no one had seen the car being parked, and Helig found no no other leads. Gretchen and Wendy had been seen at the movie at the Cactus Drive-In, and a friend had told Gretchen that Smitty was throwing a party. The police had received a report of two girls who fit the description of the missing sisters hitchhiking on the road to Nogales. Nogales. They were picked up by a car heading toward Mexico, and in Mexico, several people swore the girls had boarded a bus for... Hermosillo? A city in southern Mexico. Okay. A search in the heart of Mexico through several tourist towns where the two girls reportedly were spotted failed uh, to turn anything up. Finally, the police gave up and listed them as runaways. Smitty had confided that he murdered the the girls uh, to his friend Richie Burns. Okay. So now he's he's got three women, girls he's killed. Allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly killed Timmy. He's well, not one we know for sure. Well, now, this was not the first time that Richie had heard such a thing from his buddy. Mm-hmm. Smitty had uh, once talked about killing Eileen with John Saunders. 
Richie had not really believed that story since he was used to the two of them making up tales to outdo each other's badness. Uh, know, third asshole guy. They were Randy. the third asshole guys. Both Richie and Smitty were questioned relentlessly by Detective William Helick. He believed that Schmidt knew more than he was telling, and it seemed that he did. Initially, Smitty had told Richie that the girls had driven off in Gretchen's car to run away. Richie had seen the car drive by his house around midnight on the night they disappeared, he said. He'd given it no more thought, glad to have Gretchen gone until he dropped over to Smitty's one day. Smitty calmly mentioned that he supposed that Richie knew what had happened to Gretchen. Richie said, oh no, but I don't. It's likely that these murders too would have gone undiscovered had it not been for an incident that shook Richie up, which led to the further unhinging of his mind and an increased paranoia about Schmidt's psychopathy. One day, a group of men known as the Tucson Mafia paid a visit. Oh. Yeah, I remember we said that her family had supposed mob connections. Right. They put pressure on Smitty and Richie to tell them about the missing girls. Now, since Smitty had told the detective that he thought Gretchen had run off to San Diego, they were prepared to take him there to search. They advised him to be ready. They picked him up and took him to a man called Charlie Bats Battaglia. Uh oh. Uh -oh. Yeah, that that's not good. That's not a guy you want to That's the motherfucker has right the eyes picked. <laughs> yeah. They then insisted on questioning Richie, who was afraid they had found a body. You know, because the mafia, they don't really care a lot about due process. No, they're no, not big on that. They're not big on Mar habeas corpus. Or Miranda rights. No, no, they are not. They, they do not inform you of your rights <laughs> before they interrogate you. Yeah. They usually sho shove something very hot up your ass and then... Yeah. So he, too, was taken to meet to, to a group of men and dropped off back to think about what had been said. Now, after Smitty had strangled the girls, he just dumped the bodies in the desert without burying them. Fearing now that that had been a mistake, he sought Richie's help. But Richie still didn't take him seriously, but he did accompany him out to his former drinking what, what, spot. What the fuck are you thinking? Your friend says, hey, I killed somebody. I forgot to bury him. Will you give me a hand? Uh-huh. Yeah. And then the mafia <laughs> done snatching you up and, you know... So Smitty got out, <clears throat> grabbed a shovel, walked around, and then he called Richie over. By that time, Richie knew from the smell that there was indeed a body out there. Uh-oh. He, he went to where Smitty was kneeling over a black form lying out in the open and was told this was Gretchen. She was badly decomposed, and her legs had been tied together with a rag, Timmy. Prick. Not even, yeah, I don't know what happened to the guitar string. Wendy was not far away, but all Richie could make out was a black mound with part of a leg and foot sticking out of the sand. Richie reluctantly dug a shallow hole while Smitty dragged Gretchen's body further through the clearing. They buried it, but left Wendy's, for some reason, left Wendy's corpse where it lay. Then Smitty told Richie to wipe off Gretchen's shoes to clean it of prints, so Richie did that. He then removed the shoe from Wendy's leg and threw it in the desert. Smitty told him that he was now in it as deeply as, as he was. The next day, they discovered that the FBI had visited Smitty's parents and had left. Uh, Richie had gotten, involved. had gotten the idea that a girl he liked, a girl named Darlene Kirk, one of Smitty's cast-offs, was on Smitty's hit list. He began to patrol her house to protect her and keep her from keep other boys from approaching her. 
When her screen door was cut, her father suspected him, but he suspected Smitty. He hung out all hours, even hiding in trash cans until people began. <laughs> so he, he's thinking that uh, he's Schmitty, thinking Smitty's going to come after her. So he protected the house. He's hiding in the trash can. Mm -hmm. So he started hiding in the trash can until people started to become afraid of him. Well, sure. Yeah. That raises suspicions. Sometimes. Darlene's father tried to run him off with an air rifle, but he told the man to go ahead and shoot. It would end his suffering. And actually being shot with an air rifle will not end your suffering. It will just make your suffering worse because the thing goes about a quarter inch in you. Yeah, it hurts like hell. Oh, my brother, when I was a kid, shot me in the stomach with one. Mm, of those, course he did. You know those crossmans that you yeah, pump yeah, up 50 you times? Pump, you pump up? He shot me with one of those lead pellets. Uh-huh. Went about a quarter inch of the way into my stomach above my navel mm -hmm. and then went straight up my chest to me. My mom beat him so bad it was worth getting shot. It was so fun to watch him get beat because hmm. I screamed. Him. You know, I, Your brother passed away. My brother has since deceased. And the mother's, your mother's dead. My mother is dead. So you keep telling us all these stories that, A, cannot be corroborated because everybody that you know no, is dead. No, my sister was there. My sister was there. My mom had to take a razor blade and cut it out from under my skin. It was right under my skin. Hmm. And uh, Dead. But, oh, she beat him like she beat him like a rented mule. Like he owed her money. <laughs> yeah. Like, <clears throat> like he had not paid his lunch money. Mm hmm so around this time, Smitty went out and found a 15-year-old girl named Diane Lynch. Because, you know, after all your girl, you murdered all of your girlfriends, you have to find someone Well, now, else. what does this make him now, like 23-something, 22, 23 yeah, years getting, old? He's getting yeah. around there. Gross. She was 15 and weighed all of 87 pounds. Wow. He took one look at her and decided she was just my size. For her part, she, Diane fell in love. She was fun size. Well, remember, he was not very tall. He had to, he had he had to, to put the beer cans yeah, in his when shoes. Yeah, when you take off your boots to do the nasty. I wonder if he took out his boots when he was doing it. Well, I don't know. He's going to be a little bit shorter because he's yeah. he had elevator shoes that went down. But, you know, a lot of times, depending on the position, it remember would be. Remember elevator shoes? Remember yeah. the platform shoes of I the 70s? I do. <laughs> that was cool. I wish they'd come back. I think it would be a, uh, because many they times. Did. Being five foot tall, depending on the position, would be helpful. You know, if yeah. you have a flat head, you could put the beer on. No, I'm, yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah, never thought of that. Think. Hmm. Look at you, always thinking. Four always foot thinking. seven would be ideal. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm five foot ten, so I'm just thinking, yeah. You're doing the math. You're doing some back and mm, envelope I'm doing math. some algebraic formulations yeah. in yeah, my head. Yeah, he actually got grades in school. He didn't have to blow his professors. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm, a, you don't know that because they are probably dead. And B, yes, but he didn't actually graduate. <laughs> well, the, just a question, though. Was no. The, was the blowing involved? God, no. I mean, it's just, I mean, I... Well, you just... Yeah, I how how, your how long did this relationship last? Not long. I mean, give us a figure. Not long. I mean, a year? No. Six months? No. Three months? No. All right, a couple months? Yes. Okay. And where did you go to do it these... It doesn't matter. Sex. It, it does matter. Why are you so because interested in something I did 20 years ago? A lot of listeners going to Nobody school. asked about that. We got listeners in class right now who want to know, how can I get better? No, how can not. I get a C Be plus a like Brandy? Yeah. <laughs> Ow. Mm. I hit my knee on the day. All right, so it lasted a couple I months. I did it with my mind. Yeah, uh, a couple months. A, a couple months. <laughs> yes. Did you actually go on a date or was it just like to a motel or... 
Why are you so interested I'm in just, this that just, I did 20 years ago? 20 years I just, ago. I just, did you go to a hotel? Did you go to his house? No, we went to a hotel. He, he deflowered oh. you. We're concerned about that, aren't we, Colonel? Dude, she was in college. She was deflowered long before then. <laughs> no offense. No, Brandon. <laughs> Speaking of which, how old were you when you... 15. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, for Lord's sake. Woman? Whatever. Come on. How old was you, Tim? And he was 23. Seventeen, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think. I was 14. When it wasn't your cousin, how old were you? <laughs> I was 14. See, oh, wait a friends. minute. I'm a dirty whore, but you... She was 16. Yeah, nasty. Yeah. Nasty. Oh, she was a nasty girl, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. 14, God. Well, I didn't know what I was No, doing. I mean, that's great. I mean... Uh, that's great? Yeah, I didn't get like till I was 17. You know, the shame of it is all you think about from that moment forward is doing it again. Doing it, and I what do you mean you thought? I thought about it before. And that was a one, that was a one offer, and I don't believe that I, it happened again until I was like almost 17 years old. So that was like two years of hell, you know, because you know what it's like. Once right you in, got it. Yeah. yeah. It's like a shark. Once they eat a human being, they got a taste for human flesh. Yeah, see, I got a late start, so I had to, like, Make up for it. And you're still catching up. Yeah, I'm still trying to catch up. Well, I'm not married. You guys fuck all the time. I'm single. I know. No. Okay. So, now, so Smitty's got this tiny little petite 84-pound girl. And on their first date, Smitty asked her to marry him. Oh. And she said, okay. Uh, Sure. And just to make it. He has an upholstery business. He sells (laughs) pots and pans. Uh, No. He has a business card. (laughs) And he has a business card. He also took to wearing a plaster patch on his nose, claiming he had broken it. Yes. Oh, man. That plastic. Yeah, man. Women really go for that. It's got a nose cast. Disfigurement. They really go for disfigurement. It's got a nose cast. Mm -hmm. He was still wearing it along with his makeup and fake mole when he married Diane and no gals on October 24th, 1965. Nogales. So he actually married this chick. Yeah. Yeah. He said it's just one you wanted. Fifteen. What's on? What's on it like? Fifteen. Eighty-four pounds. <laughs> now Richie couldn't believe that Smitty had just forgotten about all the dead girls. He was starting. I mean, you got to turn the page. That's <laughs> right. It's Moving over. on. You do got to move on. I mean, you got to get on with your life. Yeah. Now Richie, though he was living in the past, his guilt manifested itself in. Is he still in garbage cans? Increasingly bizarre mania. To watch Aww. over Darlene. Poor Richie. Richie decided it was time to get away from Smitty, so he went to live with his grandmother in Ohio. But he could not escape his conscience. While in Ohio, he broke down, contacted the police, and confessed everything. Mm. See, when you go kill people, you can't tell a lot of people about it, Brandon. No, you can't. You got to kill everybody involved. You, you, what you do, you kill. Some, if you kill somebody, you, the only person that should know about it is you. Mm-hmm. If anyone else knows about it, you you're, kill going, you're, 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 you're going, going down. You're going down. So the Tucson police flew him back to uh, show them the location of the bodies. He told them about John Sanders and Mary John Saunders and Mary French as well. They found the skeletal remains of the Fritz sisters, bits of clothing, a shoe, and wisps of hair. Oh, it was yes. time now to confront the killer, the Pied Piper of Tucson. 
Smitty was working in the front yard of his house on November 10, 1965, when a cop's Wait a minute. Was it his house or was it his parents' house? Or was this little shack out back that he's sharing with his wife? He's married. He's settled down. Yeah, with his wife. Yeah. On his parents' property. Well, he's in and P- she still has to go to high school. They've well. joined the PTA, and, you uh-huh. know, he's coaching Little League and whatnot. I don't know. He Maybe, still, got it, he, maybe he found the Lord and got his life in order. The guy from know. The Cure. That's all I see. Doing but, yard work. <laughs> so he's working in the front yard of his house uh, when the cops come up to arrest he's him. Yeah, he is. He thought at first that the men in the car was uh, that was slowly circling his block were the mafia. Yeah, because remember he had that run in. Right. So he ran inside and they came after him. As he took a look out his front door, he called to his young wife to get his mother. Schmitty arrived at the Pima County Courthouse on Tuesday, February 15th, wearing a herringbone jacket and tan trousers. He was sporty out. Smartly dressed. Oh, sharp. He actually looked fairly clean cut. Every woman's crazy about a sharp dress man. Well, did they let him change clothes before they brought well, him in? Well, some of the people who saw him remarked how small he was without his boots on. See? How many, did he have, like, pack. a case of beer? Yeah. <laughs> he, had a whole, he had a 40 in each shoe. Right. <laughs> so, on June 21st, Charles Howard Schmidt was convicted of the murders of Gretchen and Wendy Fritz. He was sentenced to 50 years to life. While in prison... Schmidt, he attempted to escape several times, once by hiding inside a hollowed-out exercise horse. Damn. That's a tiny little guy right there. Yeah, he was small. But he was found, found before he succeeded. Then he used a fake suicide attempt to escape, but that didn't work either. In 71, he tried another escape by dressing as a woman and hiding in a sanitation truck. Yeah. yeah. This got him outside the prison gates and briefly succeeded. He was spotted by a railroad worker who had gone to school with him and who noticed him because of a foolish wig he donned as a disguise. It's all crooked and <laughs> shit. He was caught. What if and, the railroad worker was a gandy dancer? He was caught and returned to prison, Timmy. Could have been. Um, let's see. Now, he changed his name to Paul David Ashley and turned to writing music and essays to help him keep himself busy. For the cure. He strutted around to prison, Timmy, as if he was superior to other prisons. Well, I mean, he was the Pied Piper. And two of them attacked him on March 20th. <laughs> so that didn't go over well with his... Well, he was found stabbed and lying in a pool of blood. Mm-hmm. He had a sucking wound in his right chest that did not respond to surgery. One eye had to be removed. Now, now all, he can add he... a patch to his repertoire. Oh, yeah. Patches. Uh, those are panty droppers. No, oh, for real. Especially if you bedazzle that shit. In all, he had some 20 stab wounds to his face and chest. Oh, see, that's kind of, that, that, that kind of makes it hard to date. And got severe tears to his rectum. Hmm. I guess. Rectum? His re- Yeah, rectum didn't even know. Didn't even know him, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, apparently, they took turns with little Schmitty. Oh. On the 10th day after the stabbing, still in the hospital, his vital organs began to fail. Alas, he was pronounced dead on March 30, 1975, at the request of his parents. He was buried in a pauper's prison cemetery, Timmy. Wow. So Schmitty came to a, a bad end. It did. Brandy, what's your final thoughts on the Pied Piper of Tucson, Charles Schmitty Schmidt? I, still, the guy from The Cure. That's all I see walking yeah. around with. He was kind of a dick. 
He was a nasty, nasty dick. Yes. But you know, you 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 probably would have fell for his mole. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm a sucker for a mole. <laughs> I'm a sucker for a good mole. So, Colonel, your final thoughts on the Pied Piper of Tucson? Well, I think. Obviously, pie will get you a long way in this world, but it didn't do anything for him. If you're gonna get pie, use it for use it for just mild evil, like getting laid, mm-hmm. not killing people in the desert. I see. All right. Well, that was a refreshing little story. <laughs> <laughs> to cheer us up a little bit, uh, Brandy. What's your thoughts on CrimeCon 2017? I'm in. I'm there. You fuckers better get a room because you're not coming to mine. Uh, so we're going to try to meet up with folks. If you're going to CrimeCon, let us know. Uh, we would love to meet up with you. There's a strip club called Brad's that uh, anyone who would like to go with me are free to go. But we're going to meet in a restaurant or something, right? Restaurant yeah, I thought we were going to meet at a downtown. Bar. Yeah, yeah, like in the in the hotel or something. Yeah, okay. Uh, so Colonel, just, okay, so just to be clear, I'm not staying with you. Just to be clear, I can't make it any more clear. No. I have sent your wife a Facebook message, told her to go ahead and book you a room. So, but I'm, and I'm asking her to join us because so, I'm not dealing with your ass. What? I, I just thought. Oh, he's got to be the colonel the whole weekend. Well, that's not my problem. Sometimes Renee might not be able to handle the colonel. No, Renee, Renee can hang out with me. No, sometimes, sometimes a couple weeks ago it was a Saturday. It was, it was colonel day. Oh, and all day I was the colonel. Renee can stay in my room. Oh, I bet. So what does she say when you're in colonel mode? She says, "Fucking cut it out." She you're tells a me dick. To shut up. But, yeah. Um, but here's the funny thing: is that when you approach the cashier at the grocery store or whatnot, mm-hmm. they don't know the difference. They just think it's a charming accent that you have. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. make you less of a dick, though. No, but if you say, well, well, my, you look lovely today. How are you? You know, the, the cashier says, hi, how are you? And you say, well, I'm, I'm fine. Thank you, miss, for asking. How are you on this lovely day? And then they look at you and go, you're not an old black man or and, an extra large not, chicken. They do not seem to know how to respond to that, Timmy. Hmm. And it embarrasses me. Colonel, will you go with me to Brad's Gold Club in... I have never been to a strip bar before, Timmy. Oh, so you got to go. I will go. It is. It's a lot of fun. So I'll go. All right, we'll go. But uh, okay. we're going to meet up at a regular place. That's for yes, who we'll don't meet want. up at a regular place. Yeah. Now, remember, we can't be telling everybody where we're going to be because we got the blood feud. Well, maybe we're not. Maybe we're not even going to be there. We're just saying this. Yeah. I mean, uh, the opposition, Timmy, is listening to We do not have a blood feud. We, we do. do not have a blood feud with no. Insight. We, got a, we do we, not uh, have a no, blood feud. No, there's a cage match schedule. That's you might have you one. and Allie. Allie is my friend. She's Brandy's friend. Well, she's my friend, too, but we're going to have a cage match. Well, that's and, fine, you but know we are not doing anything. I'll make this one a quick one because I know you want to get the hell out of here. No, no, no. Take, we're, we're good on but time. But I'm, I'm, okay, so I'm listening to podcasts last night. Okay. And, and I only listen because I don't, as I said, I don't like to have headphones on when stuff's going around me. So I really, you know, I'm not like... Because you're the man of the house. You're protecting the home. Goddamn right. Dragons and werewolves ain't coming around my house. Raccoon, no, no, no. Yeah. So uh, anyway, I got my headphones in, and I'm I'm listening to actually uh, a podcast that will not be named. Why? Um, Because we're in a blood feud with those people. Insight. 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 Okay. And I fall asleep. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I, I... Listened to that one episode, started another, fell asleep. It got to be about midnight or whatever. 
And uh, and then I woke up. Yeah, you, know, you wake up in the middle of the night, yeah, especially if you, you got that. headphones on. Yeah. And I hear <laughs> them talking about the tri- triad of you know serial killers. McDonald triad. Yeah, and I, and I only pick up part of this. And remember, I'm just waking up, mm-hmm. and and I hear Ali mm-hmm. say, you know, I know when I was a kid, we blew up frogs, mm-hmm. and I had to go back and rewind and. Think, did I just dream that, or did I just hear Ali say she blew up frogs? She's a frog blower upper. She is. <laughs> Boy, you came up with that right off the yeah. bat, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. I mean, to yeah, to use technical parlance, to yeah. me, she yeah. is a frog, frog blower upper. Yeah. Uh, and she said that means she blows up frogs. <laughs> but then, but then she said, uh, "But I'm not a serial killer." Well, that's because she only had one leg of the triad. She probably didn't pee the bed or, what's the other one? Pee the bed, start fires. Start fires, yeah. She started the, she had two out of three. She started the frogs on All fires right. when she blew them well, up. Yeah. Well, we might want to reconsider well, wait a minute. this blood no. feud you got us into. No, you don't count just because she lit something, like lit the fuse on her little, that doesn't count as starting a fire. She didn't burn down a shed or an Arson. orphanage. Arson. Yeah. That in that case, that means you know that anybody who's you know hit a dog and lit a cigarette is a serial killer. Yeah, yeah. No, I it just it just I just was I had my headphones on and I woke up and I hear that and I just thought I had headphones with my eight track tape. Did I hear that? That was the most boring story I've ever heard in my whole life. It had no point to it at all. No, Mm -hmm. I'm still waiting for the point. It's everybody thinks she's sweet. She blew up frogs. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Whatever you say. It's back the balls in your court, Miss Allie, because I just got a score to burn on her in the blood feud. Wow. Okay, so we're going to be in Indianapolis Crime Con June 9th. I'm not 10th. telling people where know. I'm going to be. You're going to be at the where we're at Weston. You'll be at the Weston with us. <laughs> so um, uh, join our Facebook group page, History Leaves the Podcast. If you're going to be in Indy on June 9th to 10th, we would love to meet up with you for dinner, drinks. And maybe Brandy will strip or something. We don't know. She probably, probably is going to strip. I, I probably won't do that. Yeah, but you never strip. know. You can get a few drinks in you. Well, I do know that. I've seen you with a few drinks in you. Yeah. No, you The haven't. Colonel may be stripping. Oh, I'll strip. I'll strip right now. I know. Yeah, it, <laughs> I mean, That's strip. not a big deal. Uh, he doesn't right. take a lot of encouragement. You've never yeah. seen me with a few drinks in me. I don't even have pants me. on right this minute, so. <laughs> You have never seen me with a few drinks, Emmy. The one time I drank a beer in front of you and your wife, okay. your drunk wife, was yeah. asking me if I was okay to drive home. Yeah. Yeah, sure. And then made me like, you're going to have to call. you got to call when yeah. you get home. I'm like, okay. Well, like, by that point, what would it matter? If you, if you like, crashed and burned, I mean, what, what I don't does kind of matter? I like mean. I said, I'd had a beer. Oh. She'd had several. Yes. Okay. I she was drinking aid. those lemon, yes, lemon drops oh, or whatever the hell. Mike's hard lemonade or something. Oh, she gets she. So, um, Colonel, will you sing at the? I will uh, sing. I will dance. Um, I will do the cage match. Uh, well, this is all supposing I actually, you know, are allowed to go. No, I survived the cage match. Oh, with Allie. Hmm. I think the more likely I will buy is you. Not to go. <laughs> yeah. I will buy you a lap dance at Brad's. Will Renee be okay I'm in. with that? Huh? Renee be okay with I'll bring you one too, Mary. I'm sure you're okay she'll with be sure. good with that. Yeah. Okay. I'll buy you both one. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. I'm in then. All right. I won't be at the Westin. They will be if you serial killers want to stalk them and kill them. You know, I think the Westin has more than one or two rooms. So, <laughs> I mean, they might have a hard time. Have to get door to door. Have you seen some of the posts our listeners put up? It doesn't scare you every night. I have a hard time sleeping. Nope. They don't scare me. All right, Colonel, get the shout-outs to our friends. All right, our friends. Let's start with who we always start with, the lovely Tasha and Miss Ophelia. Out there in California, Tasha, thank you for listening. Yes. Um, Jeff Girdley, Sam Hildebrand, um, Linda Middleton, Missy Horton, Brittany and Chris, of course. Brittany and Chris are going to be at uh, CrimeCon. They're going to join us. Great. Yeah, it'll be Celine. And Dr. Jeff and Don. Teresa Slavin. Hey, Teresa. Tommy Boomashine. Shonda and Larry Clark. Diane and Lisa Trowbridge. Great people. Colton, Phyllis Munson, Aaron Wentz, Donna Curran. How you doing, Donna? Brian and Lisa Lawton, Olivia Meyer, a new listener, Jen Bolden, Timmy. Okay. Um, Katja, of course. Lovely Katja, and uh, she's moved into her new apartment in Copenhagen. Well, good. Kate McCarthy, who I uh, still have you on the sheet with a K, so just to spite your ass. And I have a a special shout-out and condolence and um, Christine Bourgeois, Timmy. Christine Bourgeois, yeah. um, Lost her grandfather. No, grandmother. Her grandmother, I'm yeah. sorry. And Christine, we're very sorry. Christine, we very we're very, sorry. very sorry for your loss there. And and we are thinking about you. And we, um, it's all you can really say to somebody. Yeah. It's always one of those things where you think, oh, I'd like to say something that makes them feel better. But there's nothing that really makes people no. feel better. In those Apparently things. they were very close. Nope, so. you can't. So, Christine, we're thinking about you. So, there we go. Um, Bridget Clavey. Byron Snellings, Denny Mack, Denny McNamara, William Truax, Amber, uh, the Amber Croup. Is she just one of the damn funniest funny. people you ever yeah. met? I mean, she's just hysterical. Her and, uh, and I don't have it, Justin. Her and Justin. Justin, huh? They Justin. get caught up in these uh, back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're funny. They and it's like funny. they met on deranged.com. I think we you all met on I mean? derangemingle.com. Derangemingle.com. Yeah, derangemingle.com. But they're, they're, they're very funny to listen to, to read and watch them interact. Gina Spillane. Trixie, of course. Stephanie Quick. Sydney and Michael. Laura O'Reilly. Gabby Lewis. John Cunningham. Tara. Bond. Gene Bond. Lydia. Brandy McBride. Brandy, next time you, you post, tell me what position you played. I didn't ask her that, but she was apparently a really, really. And we good really want you guys player. to come to CrimeCon. If you don't, I mean, if if you if you come to crime, if you can't afford to go to CrimeCon, which is you know it's you know it's not cheap. It's, it's not, not cheap. cheap. It's right. costly. It's uh, but at least come to Indy that weekend and hang out with us. We we'll have a lot yeah. of fun. I'll be in the parking lot in my car. In his in the box. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, Renee will let me take the SUV that weekend so I can stretch out. Um, Maggie Glover, of course, Jeff Appel, Katie Moorhead, Mary Ray, Marvin Hammond, Andy Volley, Cheryl Moose Q, Keith Frusty, Becky Mitchell, Vicki Wallace, Steve Miller, Nick and Molly. And Molly, yes, you do have some sweet ass hair there. Yes, she does. I like her so, hair. Uh, and I like Nick. He's a funny guy. 
Yeah, he is a very funny guy. Natasha Davis, Neil Eagleton, Stewie Benton, Tracy Lynn Busby, Alinette Christine Hauer, Rebecca Montanle, Mike Eisenhower, Danielle Fredrickson, Andy Sprascio, Toby Deese, Nancy Jalapeno, Kim Kamikaze, Jennifer Hawkins, Tara Chinchilla, Lindsay McMillan, Sunyana, Eddie Rushing, Yo Handler, Sammy James, Jason Dykes, Amy Carol Payne, Tyra. Tyra Jenkins, of course. Yeah, from Chicago. Now, Tyra, you're <laughs> close enough. You can drive from Chicago down Drive your ass down there. My, you know what? I might have to go up there. My son's having his wisdom teeth taken out. Oh, okay. So, uh, it's going to cost me $500. The yeah. copay. $500 yeah. for the copay. Yeah, it's expensive. What the fuck do no. you even have insurance for? Peter Fulmer. And Amber Anderson, Danielle Fredrickson, um, Christian Dormer. Let's see, Little Emmy Waterfall, and she said that she would. That I'm the only one who's allowed to call her Little Emmy Waterfall. Yeah, Emmy is a very nice lady. I, see, I, I you know I got thrown by this because I thought Emmy was like very, um, like you know in the 23, 24 age bracket. I don't know why. Um, I don't know how old she is, but she's very sweet. She is. She's very, very sweet. And, and she's very smart, too. Well, she's uh, she's Emmy Waterfall. Yes. Susan Angles. Kirst, Kirsten Davidson. Don Gordon. John Gray. Dave Hill. Thomas Tui. TJ. Big TJ Youngblood. Robin Sanchez. Colleen Madsen. Aaron Fowler. Allison Shields. Diane from History Goes Bump. Frank Daniels, who was having a bad Friday. Frank, we hope your Friday got better for you. Casey, Casey Hood. Lauren Meredith, Stephanie Poling, Leah McAllister, Tamara Cola, Tammy Ennis, the Cookie Monster. Tammy's funny. She is funny, and I always think of the Cookie Monster when I, because that's, right. that's her profile. Oh, thing. on her pick, yeah. Valerie Murray, Kirsten Andreasen. Nancy Weller, Anita Darden, Jessica Winchester, Carla Nelson Crazy. Um, Did you uh, give a shout-out to Donna Whitmore-Hellman? I'm getting to her. Donna, hope you have a great weekend. Okay, Donna Whitmore-Hellman. She's on the seat. I got, look, look, look here. I see it, okay. I'm just, you know, I'm just doing random shout-outs. I'm just, you know, randomly talking. Yeah, but then, but don't, because then it screws him up. Okay. I'm, I'm like the Rain Man here, Timmy. You are like Rain Man. I'm doing all these people you by memory. You always say I'm Rain Man. Steph Glenn, Christina Hodges, Christina Montana, um, who always hold a special place in my heart. But she's not on Team Colonel. Huh? But she's not on Team Colonel. She's on Team, uh, she's she's just Team Dweebs. Okay. She's not she's on team a specific team. No. Because Brandy has people, Brandy has a team. Yeah, but they don't like to self-identify. I know Joe Hopkins, but... Oh, they they identify. Maria Barber, Jennifer Potts, Cindy Hamilton, Paul Mampilli, Mike Arnold, Melissa Lou Brano, Brittany Powell, all of our Heathers, Heather Hall, Heather Poole, Heather Marshall, uh, Mark Hammermeister. Mark Hammermeister from the podcast, The Conspirators. It's a great podcast. I did not know he was from a podcast. Oh, yeah. It's a great podcast. It is a excellent podcast. I listen, I've listened about three or four episodes now, and uh, it's really good. 
Jeff Hopkins, John Janke, Mike Tabor, Lease, of course, Kevin Behan, Kimberly Cambrin, Terry Helmsley, Hemsley, Terry Hemsley. Yes, Terry is uh, very sweet. Maddie Kinnon, Pavlava, Amelia Roscoe, Michael Daniel, Jim Moyer, Jessica Bishop, Liz Evans, Brenda Deutsch, Stacy Lynn, Jeffrey Dolan, Miriam Buckwald, Jennifer Miller, Kelsey, Kelsey Pro, Susanna Sheldon, Genesis, Ramoni Danger Howard, Skip Fayou, Callie Jones, Brandy Deese, Andy Spizer, Don Hamer, Norma DiMaggio, Karen Alden, Angie L, Amber Trevino. Let's see who we got next. Timmy Kelly Cole, Colwell, Jennifer Sabota, Lauren Meredith, Nina, Nina, Nina Nina, Instead. Nina from the Already Gone podcast. Ronnie Rhodes, Sophia Panther. Great podcast. Check it out. Aaron Shipley, Jay Alford, Hollywooded, Ali Nett, Susie Randall. She's a new one. Mm-hmm. Deborah Chappelle, Danielle Jones, Timmy. Danielle Jones, uh, Between, Between Us, Us Girls. Girls. Yes. Brittany Martin. Funny podcast. Margot Donahue, Jamie Metcalf, Meg Bansell, Allison Schneider, Sarah Taylor. Um, let's see who we got. Neton Seal. Amber Anderson, Rachel Hummer, Laura Mayer, Molly Fontenot, Sean DeBoard, Melissa Montoya, Stacey Gutierrez, Tim Hale, Donnie Young, Melanie Young, James Rion, Alan Dobbs, Andaza, Carol Nash, Elizabeth Brault, Mark Farnan, Paula Kimes, Chris Swanson, Christina Bachelor, Andrea O'Dell, um, George Huckler, and I got to get Roy's name right. I always want to say Rob Roy. It's not Rob Roy. It's Richard Roy. Richard Roy. Matt Brookins. Joe Lemon. Lamont. I'm sorry. Ruth Ann, of course. Um, Leah Pagburn. Natalie Parsons. Todd Long. Oh, Ruth Ann is, um, Ruth Ann is uh, the sister. Lydia. Lydia's sister. Lydia's sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Natalie Parsons, Todd Long, Lauren Feller, Ron Ratchke, Terry Pickett, Holly Schreiber, Maj Payne, Lindy Lada, and then we got the Colonel's crew, Angie Ball, Sarah Spaghetti, Jennifer Burdock, lovely Karen Barnes, Janet Fitzgerald, um, who's earning her grades the proper way. Mm-hmm. Without uh, yes. resorting. To- oh, my yes. God. Yes, she's going back to school and earning her grades the honest way. You know, you all assume, mm, you know, I could have I could have had this relationship with him after I was out of his class. Yeah. Did you consider that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> good Did one. you consider That's that? That's a good one. <laughs> oh, my God, you bunch of jealous fucks. Like you would do something new. There wasn't something in it for you. Well, there I mean, was I'm something just, in it for me. Yeah, a C plus. Sex. Ooh, that's disturbing. She's a harlot. You are a harlot. Well, that may so be, but I earned around. my fucking grades. <laughs> <laughs> she earned that C plus. <laughs> C plus is the ass. hard way. She earned, she earned it the hard way. You guys blow. <laughs> I'm telling you, a dirty flower got you at least a B. Hmm? Fucking dirty flower, nasty no. That's <laughs> off limits. Francis Darton, our lovely Irish lass. 
Um, speaking of lovely Timmy, Jessica Williams. The lovely Jessica Williams from Chicago. Come on, Jessica. You're within driving distance of Indy. Come on she down is. and uh, join us. We'll come up and pick you up, Jessica. Amanda Bocci Ball. I think she might be concerned about that. <laughs> yeah, I think I just, I think she might just take out a restraining order now. <laughs> it was a deer breaker. <laughs> yeah. Um, the beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Shannon Rossett. Shannon, um, very lovely. Speaking of beautiful, here's two more. Monica DiHagostino and Tiffany Bell. Very lovely ladies. Um, somebody who dresses up their dog and makes you crack up, Angela Cobes. Yes. Um, Jennifer Siemens. Is Jennifer and lovely. her son, Hunter. Yeah. Um, Jen Wicks, a Nashville, Nashville girl. Mm-hmm. A beautiful Jen Wicks. Liz Keating. Um, let's see. Here's a here's another beautiful one, Timmy. This seems like the colonel's loaded with beauties. I don't know what it is. Radika Smith. Radika is a very lovely young lady. Um, and then we and have, she's got a beautiful dog, by the way. She does have a beautiful mm-hmm. dog. That's that's just a, a now and um, of course you can't mention Team Colonel without no, you can't no the, not at the, all the, the face of Team Colonel is Little Fallon. The lovely Fallon, yes. She, oh, she's and you know she's a beautiful girl. She is absolutely. I mean, she's just stunningly beautiful girl. All of our female listeners are attractive, but our men listeners not so not much. so much. No. Um, and then of course I got Nicola. Nicola um, Reed, uh, uh, counselor, uh, counselor Reed, attorney at law, and our two um, nemesis. And do we give a proper congratulations to Charlie? I don't know. Uh, if we have or not, is that something we want to pod- broadcast on the air? Or is... we... Congratulations, Charlie. Congratulations, Charlie. Yeah, let's leave it at that. Um, you know, do you do you see her post with her little Graham? I love Graham. Going to speech therapy. Oh, he's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I, he's, he's cute. <laughs> just, just, every day it's a different outfit, and he just... Uh, he's fighting crime. He's doing his thing. And Allie's got cute, really cute kids. Oh, oh my God. Did you God. see her little girl yeah, going off the, to kindergarten? Yeah. Adorable. She was talking about uh, uh, in her podcast. She was talking about her having to get the smallest mm-hmm. little uh, jumper. Mm-hmm. They call it tunics over there. I don't know what the hell's wrong with those people. Um, but she, it was still came all the way down to her ankles. She's so <laughs> petite. They're but adorable. She was ador- yeah. So Charlie and Allie, who uh, are are we do have a blood feud with them, we but they got some adorable children. They got no, some. We're looking forward children. to meeting them at CrimeCon. Yeah, I'm actually we are, and if you don't, if you love true crime, yeah, um, if you like you know, like real podcast, check out Insight. Insight, it is it, it really is a good show. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, so that pretty much wraps. Oh no, I got a couple more. The beautiful, beautiful Rachel Flynn. Rachel, yes, of course. Um, and you that you jumped ahead, Donna Hellman, who is 100% Team Colonel. She said, All right. And Maja Zanoka. Maja, yeah. Who is uh, also on the Colonel's crew. I don't know why, but okay. Um, because she's a woman of distinction and taste to me. I see. So uh, that's that's all I have for today. And you are going to be... Well, and, and Beverly, we want to no. say, you stopped talking. And so Beverly... Need to say, I hope you feel better, Beverly. I hope you feel better, Beverly. Mm-hmm. And the one, the only, the inc- incomparable, Dottie Scott. 
who okay. I hope Timmy is going to do nice things to this weekend and not try to nice kill again. Nice things to? I actually, I work, yeah. I work I mean, this weekend, so. Uh, okay, that. so you won't be trying to kill Dottie. No. Uh, Brandy, uh, where can people find us? You can find us on Facebook. Yeah, we have two Facebook pages. We have one called History Dweebs where we just post history-related stuff. And then we have our uh, podcast group where we interact with listeners. And we have a lot of fun. It's History Dweebs, the podcast. Please join us there for fun and merriment. Always. Uh, and, and free pie. Can, no, don't have pie. There's no pie. Gift uh, certificates for free pie. No, no. there's no pie. No. 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 We, did, we did a live Facebook Live thing the other day. We did. I know. I saw it. Ask the Colonel. I saw it. I enlightened many, many people. No. Many, many people. I posted yeah. questions, but I noticed Tim would not read them. Yeah, because they were stupid. Where else can people <laughs> they, they were not. They, they were, couldn't have been any stupid, your, stupider your than what I was questions watching. questions were obscene. You've mm. got to put, you've got, you know, when you, when you address the colonel, nope. you have to show a little respect. I don't. He's a colonel. I'm the colonel. I'm a reverend. He's I'm a, a reverend. reverend. I get colonel. nothing. I'm a reverend and a colonel. It's like having an ace jack and an ace two. I'm a reverend and well, a colonel. First of all. You got the ace two. You gave yourself the colonel title. No, that's and I was from a the reverend, honorary and I was Ohio a reverend imaginary first. colonels. He, <laughs> he was giving he was giving the the congressional medal of honor by nobody for, for future consideration yeah <laughs> just what he might do in the yeah. future uh you can find us on twitter yes we follow us at history dweebs one and you can follow the colonel at hawk walters yes you can find us on uh itunes yeah, if you do, please leave us a review. Uh, that's how other people find us, and we really, really appreciate those reviews. If you leave us a positive review, we will mention it on the show. And I was not pleased that we, they cut out our segment of this year's on, when we were on the Grammys. Well, um, you know, they, they were some running short on time. We got... They had to, you know, they had to have Beyonce I know. on there. Why well, they put Beyonce minutes. and Adele on there all saying, yeah. But they cut out the colonel and the crew and the dweebs. It's, hmm. no, there's well, no justice. He really was more concerned. Our about spoken it. word word album didn't. Yeah, yeah, it did not. Yeah. We really should. We deserve some kind of award. You know, Colonel Colonel has worked at this job for how long, Colonel? Twelve years now. And everyone in this building has gotten an award <laughs> yep. except him. I know. Brandy's got awards. You have, I you think have to you've step gotten over. two, haven't you? Huh? You've gotten two, haven't you? I have. I have gotten. I two got. Awards. I got one the first year I was here. <laughs> Tim was here like three months and got an award. <laughs> yeah. And yet the colonel has yet to get an award. But everybody that works under me has. Everyone who's ever worked under me has gotten the award. You're Susan Lucci, dude. Yeah. Everybody in the Susan building Lucci. has one. Would you me. sleep with Susan Lucci? Hell yeah, I would, Timmy. Shocking. And she's All like right. seventy-nine years old. Celebrities that you would sleep with, Brandy, the top one. Oh God, uh, David Duchovny. I okay. love him, Colonel. Um, Bruce Springsteen. Okay. Of course. Uh, thank you all for joining Wait, us. Jessica Lang. I'm going with Jessica Lang. I know. What? Was your Selma Hayek? Selma Hayek, yes. Always. Yeah, but, uh, you know, been there, done that, so. Uh, join <laughs> us next time. I don't think that's true. On History Dweebs. Bye, everyone. Good Bye-bye. Day. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.